I hate, I hate that you drink Mountain Dew in the morning. <laughs> it bothers me so much. It's not the best thing. I understand that, but it, it's caffeination, man. You know what? I'm starting the episode this way. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Second Contact, <laughs> Lower Decks Commentary Podcast. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me as always with her horrible dietary choices is Charlene Schmidt. That's right. I'm here, and I'm going to drink my Diet Mountain Dew in the morning to caffeinate myself because oh my we record God. this in it's, the morning. It's Diet Mountain Dew, too? Yes. It's oh, caffeine it and worse. chemicals. I mean, if you're oh, going to do it, it go worse. big. <laughs> This is what we talk about when we're behind the mic, usually. That's true. It's true. Okay, everybody. This is, this is, uh, we're talking about episode three from season three. And the episode is called Mining the Mines Mines, which is truly Lower Decks form in, in their naming sure convention. Is. And when I saw the name of this, I was just like, we are in for a treat. But before we get into the episode, we're we had to delay this a day because Star Trek Day happened yesterday and there was yeah. a lot of hubaloo. Hullabaloo? Hullabaloo? Uh, Hullabaloo sure. around it. And you actually got to participate in it. So please give us yes. the skinny. How was it? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. I was one of those very lucky people who managed to get a ticket. And it was awesome. It was, it was a fun day. It was a cool event. And it's not even so much just like the stuff happening on the stage or the stream, if you will. I mean, that's stuff. That's fun. You know that trailers are coming, announcements are coming, but really it's who you see there. It's kind of like the convention experience. We're like, oh, hey, there's John Champion. Better give him a hug. And then, you know, seeing folks from Virtual Trek Con that I knew there and mm -hmm. that people in costume, of course, people killed it with the cosplay. It, it's just a nice celebration of Star Trek today is, is how I would describe it. It definitely, like from the pictures and video that I saw, it definitely felt like it was a mini convention. Yeah, a very fast moving convention. And if I have any com complaints, it's that the panels were way too short. Yeah, how long were they? Were just like, what, like 15, 30, 30 minutes? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking like 15 minutes for most of them. I mean, Damn, yeah, they kept short. it moving. It was snappy, but like, man, it just seems like there was barely enough time to even get anybody to talk. Now, what, what would you say your favorite bit of uh, of Star Trek Day was like what, what's your what's your favorite portion like from uh, the presentation was hmm. it a trailer was it you know seeing someone was it a reveal you know like what was it <laughs> it, it was probably noticing for the first time that Tawny Newsom is a lot taller in person really okay she is yeah yeah she's pretty tall I had no idea but she is so that to me was the biggest surprise. <laughs> As far as announcements and like actual Trek programming goes, probably the announcement of Prodigy coming back in October. Finally, finally, we have a date. Yes, that was that was crazy. Actually, um, when it was revealed, I think like the first time I saw it, somebody made a typo and said it was coming October 27th to 2023. And I was like, why? That's insane. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we'll never get it. <laughs> But then thankfully, it's no, it's next month, which is very, yes. very, very cool. So yeah, let's go ahead and do this commentary episode now that we've uh, we've preambled and talked about Star Trek Day. So here is the episode description on Memory Alpha. On a remote science outpost, stone orbs are bringing fantasies to life. Tendi starts her first day as a senior science officer trainee. 
So if this is your first time listening, what we do is we watch along with you and comment. And if you don't have the opportunity to watch along and you're listening in your car, we still make it entertaining regardless of your visual uh, entertainment. So <laughs> I said entertainment a lot there. Uh, <laughs> but what we do is we wait until the, the Star Trek logo, the swirly Cerritos going around the, the Delta Shield is finished. As soon as that's done, that's when we hit play. So pause it, cue it up, and then we'll go three, two, one, play. So, Shar, are you ready? I am ready. Are you ready? Here we go. Three, two, one, play. Play. I always dig how I feel like usually Lower Deck starts out very calm. You know, like the music's yeah. just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> but then you yes. know, you know, the crap's going to hit the fan. Right. Like the music has already turned. We're like, what, 20 seconds in? But it started off so relaxing. Has that kind of TNG music vibe. Now, seventh grade geology teacher is very specific. Obviously, this guy has thought about it. <laughs> 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 yeah, this is this is clearly has been in his head for a while. <laughs> yes, many years of, you know, he's lived a few. So, yeah. It is very clear that it is uh, that it's a fantasy because he's just like, what are you doing in a toga? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, dude, read the room. <sighs> I, and I do appreciate that the rock people can still smile. You think that wouldn't be very easy to do, but nevertheless. So I thought this was, I, I, re I really love this stuff. Like I, I love episodes and, and movies that kind of deal with feeding off of your fears or your, your wishes, your dreams, your fantasies. I, I don't know why I dig it, but like I dig it when Harry Potter has done it, you know, like when Star Trek has done it numerous times. Oh um, yeah. I'm always fascinated by that because I think, I think one of the reasons why I'm fascinated by it is because I'm not sure what my greatest fear or even what my greatest fantasy is. So I would love oh. something supernatural to tell me. <laughs> so I'd be like, oh, <laughs> so that's know. what it is. Okay, cool. Okay. Would, would you really want to face that? I would love to, I, maybe if they could just like text it to me, you know, like saying like, here's what it is. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I am super scared of that. Yes. Oh yes. God. Yeah, please. No, no aliens tapping into my subconscious, please. <laughs> <laughs> if it's fantasy, sure. Yeah. Let's, you know, present that to me. Okay. So we get to see a new age. Um, I think that's a, a newer Excelsior class ship. And it that's looks the hood. like it. Now, wasn't the hood destroyed in Wolf 359? So this must be like the hood A. I could Something. be wrong in that. Let me know, guys, if I if I'm wrong on that. Like, uh, you know, tweet us, email us, yes, find us at Join Nerd Party things. on Twitter. But yeah, that looks like an Excelsior class to me. Still yeah, going strong it, that Excelsior class. See, I'm wondering if it's an updated version or if it's like the, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'm honestly not sure if that ship was destroyed. I, my memories are not working that far back yeah. right now. So, yeah, everybody can tell us on Twitter. So this is always like this is in true form, you know. Like Ransom is is complaining about scientists always getting killed or devoured by a plant, and that's <laughs> like this is one of the reasons why Lower Decks is so amazing is because we all know that as as Star Trek fans that it is such a trope 
that they're oh, like, yeah. hey, like uh, we're gonna go see if the how the scientists are doing on on Retepsis three, <laughs> and then they they show up and the the facility is completely abandoned, and they're like, oh my god, what happened? Right? <laughs> you know, oh boom, no, not cute. again. <laughs> I also love his rant about how they could just do the thing and go through the academy like the rest of us, but no, they get their degree and then we've got to bail them out. <laughs> so they have a sacred bond. I love the the chest tap, like the right? intimate <laughs> chest tap. Like, I know we have a sacred bond. Yeah, as if to actually make that happen. Yeah, I think that's an HR call right there. It it could be. If it makes you uncomfortable, it's worth a complaint. Yeah, that's the rule. So, you know, from previous episodes and from the previous season, we knew that Tendi was going to pursue a senior science officer position. Yeah. And now this is happening. And you're, you're one of your favorite voice actors here with yes. Dr. Miglamo. Yeah. Mr. Paul F. Tompkins, who co-hosted with Tawny Newsom for Star Trek Day, was very dapper in his dress. And here he I is love the continuation worms. of the yeah. I love the continuation of the of the counselor aesthetic of not wearing a uniform, like just <laughs> like we all learned yep. from Troy on the right? Enterprise. Do you suppose there's going to be that moment where he does put on the uniform? <laughs> uh, Deanna was much more serious about her career and her standing in Starfleet, so I'm not quite sure about this is true. about this one. He might not. <laughs> so I love. The futuristic shovels. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, there's, like, I kept trying to think, like, okay, well, like, it has lights, so it must need power, you know, but it's just a shovel. So I'm wondering if, like, there's, like, an anti-grav unit on it or something. And <laughs> It's a space shovel. It's got you know, capabilities. Like, it helps you lift it, you know, like, it, you can get, right. like, ten times the amount of dirt. You, you know, can dig, it, yeah, five feet faster with this thing. <laughs> So this was always really interesting, like always really interesting. I just watched it like 10 minutes ago. So the <laughs> um, the fact that they have a reputation yes. is very interesting. What did you think of that when you first watched this? Oh, I loved it. Because of course, your mind immediately thinks, oh, it's it's negative stuff. And of course, they're going to subvert that later on. I loved that twist, that whole thing. And what did you think of Mariner's reaction to this, though, where she feels like they've got something to prove, to show them up. Well, I think it's classic for a character because she is totally a person who says that she doesn't care what people think of her, but of course absolutely does. That's why she acts yeah. out so hard and you know, that's yeah. why she's constantly trying to prove herself while simultaneously saying she doesn't need to prove herself to anybody. <laughs> uh, we all know that person. We've all seen that person. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that is full blast Mariner here. So we got a, an Ambassador Spock reference. We did some Vulcan stuff, more Vulcan stuff, which he's not really reading from what I can see. <laughs> with the, I, I wouldn't um, say there's too many sciences. <laughs> with the worms that he's easy eating, like, um, I wonder if, you know, it's similar to Gok. I, I don't know. They're not moving around. They so, were earlier. They were earlier. Oh, oh were they? Okay, so aren't mm -hmm. they dead now? <laughs> I think the animators just got tired. <laughs> yeah, they forgot. Like, no, we have other things to do. <laughs> so I do like 
I, I, I think even though like he's totally misguided, this character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do like that. I think he had a, a very salient point here about how like um, captains have egos and you have to cut through that. You know, we've heard that a couple of times in the franchise, like especially from Scotty, you know, like in yeah. Relics, where Scotty is talking about how like, you know, captains are like children. They want what they want. They want it now. And, <laughs> and I never thought we'd get a Leah Brahms, you know, you didn't? R- a reference in this show. <laughs> Look, I figured at some point it was certainly a possibility just because that is such a a thing, especially on the internet. And here she is, Leah Brahms, every engineer's fantasy, apparently. <laughs> yes, because Jordy had a, yeah. a weird relationship with her, it's now every engineer's fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Trek tropes. Yeah, but I do like that he did try to substantiate it a little bit. Like he said, like, no, she advanced warp theory. You know, like it was a universality to it. Yeah, he's he admires her for her expertise, not because he thinks she's pretty. Not that adorable little mole she has. I need to look it up and see if it's this, if the voice actress is actually the original Leah Brahms. I believe it I is. Because I couldn't tell. We got to double check that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Why was Lee Brahms trying to block it? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I don't I love know. How, it's like, so, it's so, so goofy. Like there, there's this inherent horniness in all of these characters. Most of the, uh, most of these characters, I should say, except <laughs> for Boimler. Um, yeah. Yeah. All their fantasies have something kind of relationship or sexually charged yeah. element to them, except for his... <laughs> And he's, I, I do love that Mariner calls him out on it. Like, even in your fantasy, you're in the sidecar. Yeah. You know, I, I look. And, oh, wait, I get and here's it. the biggest reveal of the, of the episode, though. It sure is. Hello, Jennifer. I loved this so much. I'm so glad that they remembered and they're mm-hmm. giving us this update. Like, there's still an item, there's still a thing. Maybe not really sure where the relationship is going, but it's still going. And of course, she's in a bikini. Of course, she and is. she's just talking about being a hot Andorian girl. Yeah, right. <laughs> and they give her the whole anime, you know. Um, yes. Oh my gosh, making her, her blush. Her <laughs> I love that. So that great. might be but the yes, one I'm... and only time we'll ever see it. And then, and then of course, in true fantasy form, Leo right. Brahms and, a- and and Jennifer start hugging and saying, "Do you want us to make out?" Yeah. Jeez. It's hilarious. It's like a beer commercial, but in Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now, I got to say, Tendi's story is probably my favorite part of this whole episode, though. Seeing her trying to navigate this, where like it seems like she's getting bad advice from her advisor. Mm-hmm. But like you said, in sort of a roundabout way, he's actually giving her some good advice, but... The real mentor in her mind is, of course, Dr. Ta'ana, who recommended her. The way this episode plays all of that, mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah, I do I do like that the counselor, like he's clearly inept, but he did tell her, he did push her on the right path. But Dr. Ta'ana is the one that kept her on the right path. She kept her grounded. Yeah. Right. Which I think is what Tendi really needs is that assurance to kind of keep going. A little bit, a little bit of hand-holding, just enough for her to feel confident in what she's doing. No, I, th- I think you're right. I think that's a very um, 
like I think that's very paramount to her character. Like she's very smart. She's very driven, but at the same time, you can be insecure and driven at the same time. Absolutely. And that's, that I think is Tendi. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So really Dr. Ta'ana is a great like mentoring figure for her. I, I feel like the counselor is a little too hands off for her needs. How many times they say babe in this episode? Because that's a thing now, babe. Well, well, even Boimler said, like, are you and Jennifer babing now? They are. They're totally babing. (laughs) They're totally babing. I I am glad that we got back to that relationship, that it wasn't just like an offhanded remark at the end of season two. Yeah, no. Honestly, I hope we'll see a little bit more about it as Mm -hmm. it progresses maybe later in the season. That'd be good. Carl's bad. Is that Carlsbad. a town? Yeah, it's a it's a city in, okay. in California. I figured as much, but I just didn't know. I, I don't think I'd ever heard of it before. Oh no, it is. It is. <laughs> this I dude, that a senior officer, just like just yeah. tried to dunk him. Like the the moment that, he tries to do something, he screws it all up. Of course he does. I like that his fantasy is a ham sandwich. I can relate to that. <laughs> I can't, but all right. So I think this big giant dragon bird thing is a callback to the animated series. Is it? Okay, I wondered, but I haven't had time since yesterday to look that up. Like this is another thing that, I, that I'm that i hoping the internet will let us know because I think so. And of course, a brilliant Borgified snake and but clown, clown Klingons. Klingons with Batleth arms. Oh my God, that... <laughs> In terms of visual stuff in this episode, that's probably my favorite thing right there is the clown Klingons <laughs> because clowns. Th- this oh my is, God. This is a hard one um, where good aim is hot. This, okay, <laughs> this is pretty great. Like the the dialogue here where um, she says like, I want to be exclusive. I want to grow old and grow orchids with you. Like yeah, that's, clearly, that, that's clearly, that's um, clearly um, Mariner's, Hold up. And I love that uh, Boimler calls her out on it and says, you should probably go back to therapy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah she, she probably should. Maybe there's some commitment issues. That's what I'm getting out of that. Maybe. Just maybe. Like, maybe like she's she has not a ready monster that is commit. screaming, settle down with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That brings up the question. Do you think Mariner and Jennifer are possibly a long-term, long-haul relationship? I don't. I don't think so. I think no. it'll just be a fling. It'll, I think it'll be fun. It'll be fun, but she'll, Marin will screw it up and then she'll learn from it and she'll move on to the next person. Hmm. That's I, my I guess. I have a feeling the moment that Mariner is ready to actually like really commit and say, yeah, let's move into a quarters together and that sort of thing is when Jennifer is going to want to break up <laughs> and leave the ship and break her heart. So with the, um, with the other crew, you know, initially saying, oh, they had, they, the Cerritos had a reputation. They wanted to get their work done. But then they did a turnabout and said, and, and said, oh, um, no, we, we totally, you guys are awesome. You know, you're cool. You're legends amongst the, the Cali class ships. Yeah. I liked the turn, but it was too immediate and too blatant. Oh, you think so? I thought yes. it was fine. Nah, it was, it was too much too soon. I'm not saying they needed to draw it out, but it was, it was, it it was a they turned on a dime. There should have been like a little a little bit more 
playing back and forth. Because okay. like the first thought in my mind, because it was so quick and so such an about face in 180, I was like, oh, are they are they fantasies? You know, like are <laughs> are, are they not real? Like, are they oh. just imagining these people because they want to be legends? They want to be the enterprise of Cali Clash. Okay, I see what your brain was doing there. My, I did not go there, but now that you mentioned that, if that's where you went, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> basketballs. <laughs> so, okay, like a Borgified snake coughing up basketballs is in itself absurd, but terrifying. So I get it. Uh, yeah, I would say it is. And I can't even tell you why, but it is. I don't know. Is that the first time we've seen a basketball in Star Trek? Oh, man. I'm racking my brain trying to... Yeah, I think we might have seen them play... Didn't we see them play basketball in Enterprise? Oh, maybe. Maybe. I think we might have okay. something along those lines. Yes, we okay. did. Because we saw... Yes, because we saw... Um, we saw the Doc shoot a three... Like it was nothing. okay. Okay, my bad then. No, no, no. I mean, like it's like one time, like the literal <laughs> like one, the one other time, time. In, Star- in fifty years that we saw a basketball <laughs> on Star Trek. Okay, now this scene, Doctor <laughs> Taana, of course, is a favorite. But we have this poor guy who's going to have his leg amputated so they can regenerate it. She, her bedside manner is something. <laughs> Something a little lacking. Sometimes, yeah. Shut up. Don't move. Here's a hypospray. Calm down. Okay, so I don't know if the animators intended this, but she hyposprayed him in the chin, like in the lip. I mean, maybe it doesn't matter where you put the hypo. It's a little weird. (laughs) Well, I mean, the whole thing is weird. It's like he's got a sock puppet leeching off of his foot. And And then she pulls out. A chainsaw instead of using like a laser scalpel. Right. mm. I mean, they're going for the most dramatic effect here, obviously, but that's kind of what I like about it. Just to terrify (laughs) this poor guy. And of course, a Delta branded um, chainsaw, of course. Right. You've got to have. I I, I forgot to mention this, but even the crackers with the cheese and crackers in the the boardroom that were Delta Shields. (laughs) Yeah. Everything has to have Starfleet branding. Otherwise, how do you know you're in Starfleet? And in pure Star Trek form, they find a door in a cave. And everybody's like, that doesn't belong here. <laughs> yeah. My favorite thing, though, is the music with the vibes of V'ger. Oh, I didn't notice that before. Yeah. Go back to that scene, like the very start of it. And it's definite that very cool th- that tone. Oh, Yeah. And, and I'm how like, relevant oh God, what are is they doing? <laughs> like with all the internet privacy that we're going through and tech companies scraping our data. Oh my God, relatable. You know, this is, yeah. Rip yeah. from the headlines. Yeah, it really is. This is what is happening to all of us all the time, no matter how careful we are. I love this. The full Cerritos experience. <laughs> and then the, they're running yeah. out with crystals and various things to defeat their their monsters, their demons. I didn't notice that last time, but Rutherford is is grabbing the lieutenant commander, his his stony corpse. Like yes, he's running away with it. Well, I guess he, I guess he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually liking this more this episode more watching it with you than I did the first time. Oh, really? Oh, hey, cool. I'm enjoying watching it with you as well. 
as far as the like my where I rank this episode though, this might be my third favorite of the season. Yeah. So far. Yeah, this, yeah, like it's this fine. This season's not as strong so far as previous seasons to me. Like it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Yeah, you've been kind of cool on it. Yeah. I have been. Yeah. And I'm 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 sure I, I'm definitely not one of those people who's just like, oh, this sucks because I don't like it. Like, no, it's very much like, well, it could just be me. I don't know. <laughs> well, here's another thing, too, is we know that as the season goes on, it's just going to ramp up higher and higher. So maybe as the season goes on, you're really going to enjoy the latter half. Who knows? And that's how I was with, actually, that's how I was with season one, where I was just kind of like, okay, this is cool. Like, I like what they're going, but it's a little too crazy. Like, Mariner's exhausting. But like, as the season <laughs> on, every single episode got better. And we just got word that they're going to have a sequel to the holographic movie episode. This yes. Season. Yes. I'm very excited about that. How about so, you? A, a crisis point too. I cannot wait. <laughs> I have a feeling we've got some really cool stuff in store this season. Very excited. So w- w- this makes me wonder how much time is going by in lower decks. Like I need to f- figure this out. Is one season a year in 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 lower oh. decks years or is it just you know like how much time is going on because like in in the in the show lost like each each season was a month uh-huh. for the first 3 seasons and so it makes me wonder if that's how it's going with lower decks really hard to tell i need to, because i know that mcmahon it. has the star dates like he knows what star star dates it takes place so i need to check that out because this would be like if this show goes on seven years does that mean everybody on the show is like less than a harry kim for seven years (laughs) right or if we're just seeing a condensed amount of time in a season is it if seven seasons going to span maybe only a couple of years right like that's the thing that's what i'm wondering and i think that would be a smart move from the animator's perspective. Yeah, I think so too. Because if this goes on for a long time, which a lot of animated shows do. Yeah. You know, like it, it, you, you got to do some sort of condensing, like with King of the Hill or with, um, I don't know. That's just the top of it. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, we, uh, we were talking during, I think, one of my very favorite parts of the episode. And that is where Tendi breaks the rock and says, shut up. I really like it when Tendi takes charge. Oh, absolutely. It's it, like even when she was like a uh, um, a uh, secret agent like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's just something about her when she finally works up the nerve to take action. It's so good. I'm oh, learning to, to like Tendi how... a lot more. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, oh man, I, Tendi's my favorite. She's my absolute favorite. I know, she She's has been for character. a while. She was possibly my least favorite like i did not like her at the start of the show but as time has gone on i've i've grown to love her of course so this um the bald guy his like one of the one of uh, one of the lower deckers from the other ship he has webbed hands yeah and i love seeing that because like he looked human but has webbed hands it makes you think like maybe he's a hybrid you know kind of like balana could be and yes i would love to see more of that in Lower Decks and Star Trek in general, where we get to see, like, because we saw we saw it a little bit in Discovery, like uh-huh. when we got to the 29th century. Um, but I'd love to see more of it in, like, 24th and 25th century. Yeah, that would be very cool. 
just it, it's nice to see like a little teeny subtle thing like that too because that's right. not something you're gonna get usually on the first watch but second and third the power of return baby <laughs> return on investment it just keeps on giving that's what's so fun about this show all right everybody that was our episode that was our uh commentary for episode three of season three mining the minds minds Please make sure to tune in next week as we talk about episode four and find us on Twitter at Join Nerd Party, Facebook and Instagram at The Nerd Party. And you can find us individually on Twitter. I'm at The Insane Robin. And I am at Oh The Profanity. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.